0: You are listening
1: to Before the Bell podcast, hosted by Dan and Say No More. Before the Bell, episode six. We're back once again, Courtney. How are you that, doing? It's that
0: time of the week again.
1: Exactly. Um, we have had two two main events, I'd say, this weekend: Bellator two two one and UFC two three seven. I think we'll start with Bellator two two one because. There was a bit of a brutal fight ending sequence, uh, not on the main card, which we'll get to, which was uh, Chandler versus Pitbull, but on the undercard, um, MVP versus Douglas Lima. um. So, yeah, after that, we can talk about uh, UFC 237, then we can talk about previews for what's happening next weekend as well. So, Courtney, um, what did you make of this fight? And then we can talk about that brutal finish.
0: I mean... I don't, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed, I did want MVP to win, um, but I'm happy that if he had lost to anyone for his first loss, that it was against uh, Douglas Lima, because Douglas Lima is a veteran of uh, Bellator, two-time worldweight champion. Um, MVP was uh, tricky, he was a winner, he won the first round pretty easily, I think he stunned him a little bit at the beginning of the second round, um, but after about a minute of the second round, just got starched. Um, Leg kick, put him on the ground, and as he got up, he got uppercutted and he was lights out.
1: Yeah, um, like I said, brutal. Um, MVP, just to give some background, it's actually quite a big event because MVP, he's a British fighter. He's undefeated after 14 fights. And last week, we were saying about how this could be the fight that announces him on the scene. You know, everyone's been calling for him to fight somebody. Decent, like a known guy And he came up against Douglas Lima And um, yeah w- What's your take on Douglas Lima On on, on his level and um, This matchup
0: um, Well they call him the freedom right Doug- Douglas, the freedom, Lima um, He's a very good fighter I- I'd say in all MMA in the world He's probably top 5 um, Power on both hands Leg kicks are just crazy I mean he's got like 4 leg kick knockouts um. Yeah, he's a beast. He's got good timing, good power.
1: Yeah, you um, called that out last week with the leg kicks, and you were right because yeah, this sequence, it all started out with the uh, with that leg kick, and yeah, it's it it's kind of um, it looked like so obvious because MVP Michael Venom Page, he's got such a wide stance. He kind of like stands. Feet wide apart, um, kind of like squats down low a little bit. So his leg was right there for the kicking, really. Yeah,
0: he said, um he did say in the post-fight interview that he was obviously aware of Lima's leg kicks and that he w- at first he was keeping his leg out there. He's always going to keep his leg out there. That's his style. But he was purposely keeping his leg a bit more out there to see what Lima had, right? And he said that because he was so fast, um Lima had to reduce the power of his leg kicks to just catch him. So the leg kicks that were hitting him uh, were hitting him, but they weren't hurting him because he couldn't throw power on them because he needed them to be faster. Because if you look at the first round, um, Michael Page, he was just beating with speed. Like It wasn't even close, that first round. So yeah. But um, still at the same time, yeah, I did call it last week. I, did, I, don't, I don't know. He can't really change his stance. He's fought, fought that way for so long, but I feel like he should have just pulled his leg back a little bit.
1: Yeah, so round 2 um, 35 seconds and it was all over. For me, I just thought that it was a mistake to yeah, fair enough you got kicked and you fell down, but to try and get back up with your opponent standing so close to you with no guard, he just left himself wide open to get punched in the face, which is exactly what happened. It's almost like he forgot the rules of MMA that you know, just just because you're trying to get up doesn't mean your opponent has to back off. Um and yeah, post-fight, he admitted it was a mistake. But, but what do you think now that he's got a loss on his record? Do you think that's pressure off or, or what?
0: Well, uh, he's in a predicament now because the way he was beating people was ridiculous. you know, Flying, spinning kick knockouts, flying knees, just one-punch submissions, one-punch chaos. But he wasn't fighting anyone really top. The only people he fought that were kind of top was Paul Daly and uh, the Cyborg, the Brazilian Cyborg. Um, and that's it really So now people are going to say Oh he really is a high job He came against someone real He got beat But he, for me he was winning the fight And yeah he did make a mistake Because I expected him to do like a Tony a Ferguson S thing And do like a barrel roll Like Tony Tony Ways does When he's in that danger He does like a barrel roll backwards yeah. But he didn't do that So I was a bit surprised But at the same time Lima you know he was very quick to throw the uppercut. Like I mean, I still give him props for doing it. A lot of fighters probably wouldn't have thrown that uppercut in that mo- in that
1: motion. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I want to show Lima some love, but just on MVP, still, I feel like it's a bit of a shame that um, he he kind of made this mistake and lost this fight because this could have really launched him. If he if he won this fight, he would have faced Rory Macdonald afterwards, and I think if you know if he did well in that fight, he could have finally got UFC. Um, that UFC checkbook would have been brought out, um, which is a real shame because I think like for UK fighters right now at the top of MMA in UFC, I think what we have Darren Till. Can we? T- can you think of anyone else? I mean Leon Edwards, but I feel like yeah we're kind of underrepresented in um, the top level.
0: Yeah, we really don't have much to be honest. Not even in Bellator. So
1: yeah, it's a real shame. So yeah, let's give Douglas Lima some props. Um, yeah, he's he, he's come through with this win. Um, again, he's not, he should be a bigger name, right? I mean, I mean, if you look at Brazilian fighters, he's top five current Brazilian fighter, would you say?
0: I would say he's top five in the world of world weights, in all MMA, not just in Bellator. So yeah, in, in, uh, Brazil, he's probably top three. Maybe. It's hard to say. I think, uh, Amanda Nunes, Nunes is the top. Uh, Jessica, Jessica Andrade probably has a bit more notoriety than Douglas Lima, but I'd probably say Douglas Lima is third
1: yeah i was looking at um, a website for the, the the top ranking of fighters and it's you know it has f- for you know brazil and it has anderson at the top obviously anderson's you know um is an absolute anderson silva is an absolute legend and he deserves to be at the top but he has lost his last what three or four fights more, more than that yeah and maybe
0: five or six
1: exactly i mean the guy is getting on a bit and he should really retire but he just loves the fight game so much um Jose Aldo, again, an, another legend. But he's lost. Um, he, he's had a few losses now on his record. So, yeah. Top current male Brazilian fighters. Yeah. Um, Douglas Lima should get more props. I think that's probably the whole UFC versus Bellator thing. If Can you really be a huge star without being in UFC as an MMA guy? Um, I would say no.
0: You can't be a huge star. You've you got to be in UFC. I mean... The hugest star in uh, Bellator right now is Rory McDonald. And that's because he was in UFC for how many years? Maybe yeah. eight, eight years? Maybe six, eight to eight years? So that's the reason why he's still so huge. Um, and he's the highest paid uh, fighter on the Bellator uh, roster, which makes sense. So, yeah, Bellator just doesn't have the scope uh, uh, UFC has.
1: Yeah, okay. So, yeah, the next fight is against Rory McDonald um, for the title for Douglas Lima and... Um yeah, that should, be, that should be a great fight, right? I mean, I'm I'm rooting for both fighters in that fight because, first of all, I'm a personal fan of uh, Rory, but at the same time, I do want big things for Douglas Lima after seeing him, um, well, finish this fight in a spectacular fashion. So, okay.
0: um, yeah. i just correct you. Uh, his next fight is against either Rory McDonald or Neiman Gracie.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of presuming that oh, really? Rory is going to come through. Um, That
0: is not an easy fight. Neiman Gracie... Just do, do some research. Um, I'll talk to the fans real quick. If you like MMA and you're a really big jiu-jitsu fan, do some research on I mean, Neiman Gracie. He does come from the the Gracie family, and the Gracie family are the legends of MMA. Um, this is this is a harder fight than um, John Fitch. 100%. Neiman okay. Gracie,
1: yeah, just do some research. Interesting, interesting. Alright, um, let's give the fight some numbers before we move on then. I'll let you lead on this one for, for both fighters.
0: Um, Douglas Lima. For me personally, he, he, he had good defence. He didn't get like beat, really beaten up or anything. Um, he was losing. Um, so, this is going to be an odd one. Um, I'm going to give Lima a 7. And Venom uh, Page... Because he made a mistake, I'll give him a 6.5. Because he was actually, apart from that mistake, I mean, he was. it was a good, really good fight for him. I'm not going to give Lima that much props because he was getting outclassed in the first round. So 7 to Lima, 6.5 to um, Michael Venom page
1: Yeah, um, I'm not going to agree with you on that one. I think that, I think at this level, um, again, with all the hype that has been behind MVP and for him to... To try and get back up in the way that he did, it was just kind of amateurish. Um, so I'd I'd go with a five for him, and I think that yeah, Douglas Lima, yeah, of course he wasn't winning the fight, but from his post-fight interviews, he sounded like he was just biding his time, just waiting. He knew his time would come, and um, it came, and he he took it. So I'd go with an eight for Lima. What about the overall fight itself? Do you think this was um yeah definitely worth watching for sure, right?
0: Yeah, it was a watch. Um, I'd give it a seven, seven.
1: Oh, yep. Cool. yep, I agree with that one. All right, unless you got anything else to say, we can get onto the main event of two two one.
0: one let's go. Let's
1: go. Yeah, this one is all you Chandler versus Pitbull. I'll be honest, I'm not a huge um kind of follower of either of these fighters. So how did it go? So,
0: just a quick, quicker backstory on on this fight. So they're both the winningest fighters in by uh, little history with sixteen wins. Um. Michael Chandler is a three-time uh, lightweight, yeah, I think lightweight champion. Um, same, That's the same weight division as Khabib, Tony Ferguson. Um, Patricio Britbull is the two-time Bantamweight champion, and that's the same division as uh, TJ Gilleshaw.
1: So, so this um, is a big clash, then, between yeah. two of the most winning uh, guys, then?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, they got big win- wins on their record in Bellator. Um, and uh, I think Michael Chandler beat his... Brother Pr- Patricio Pitbull um, Patricio and Patricio Pitbull um, Twice And also there was some beef after the second fight um, with uh, the Patricio family and Michael Chandler So it's kind of been brewing for like four years um, And they finally fought um, Patricio Pitbull moved up in weight um, So So he was challenging for two belts Yeah so he's got his bantamweight, he's challenging for the lightweight belt um, So try to become a champ champ. So it was actually a, in the MMA community, it was a really, really big deal. Not in the world of combat sport, because Bellator, but in the MMA community, it was a really big deal. Um, and surprisingly to a lot of people, Patricio Bitbull, knocked him out in 30 seconds.
1: Yeah, I saw the highlights in this one, um, because the whole fight is a highlight. Uh, 30 seconds of round one. Um, yeah. Would you say it's an upset though? Um.
0: Yes, because normally they're both great fighters, right? So, two great fighters. The great big fighter normally always wins. Um, and Channel was a lot bigger than uh, Patricio. Um, and he's got a few better wins in his record. He Slightly bigger name uh, than Patricio. So, it was, yeah, it was kind of upset. Slightly controversial as well. Um, he hit him in a temple. He went down. And then he got four unanswered shots solid to the side of the face. And he wasn't moving. Referee came in, and as soon as referee came in, he shut up. Yeah. A little bit like TJ Didashaw um Henry Cejudo fight. But me personally, um, I don't think it was a too, con- too much of cont- controversy, but that was being thrown about.
1: Yeah, it was strange that he didn't move until the referee came over, mm. then all of a sudden he just sprang up. So you can't really blame the referee too much.
0: I think it was a good stoppage.
1: So now Pitbull has got two belts. Um Chandler is what looking for a rematch or how's this one going to play out in I the future? I don't think
0: people will give it to him. I really don't. He doesn't like him at all. Um, there was a face to face and it was about twenty five minutes long. Uh, Bellator really promoted this fight. They probably just promoted this fight way more than uh, MVP versus Douglas Lima. They've got they had two different shows on YouTube, one show or four episodes all for uh, Patricio, and four episodes all for Michael Chandler, and then they had a face to face, and it's the Zone promoted it. It was a. Uh, I was really looking forward to this fight. Um, um. But yes, uh, Patricio, second ever champ, champ. Um, after Ryan Bader and um, Bellator All
1: right then. So yeah, how do you rate the fighters on this one?
0: Um, it's a hard one. I'm gonna give Patricio eight. Um, and Michael Chandler. Mm, I'd say a five. Five. Michael Chandler. Patricio. I will give him an eight.
1: Yeah, and a fight that lasts for 30 seconds and uh, and ends in that fashion is is, is, is worth watching, no?
0: Um, I would say for uh, casual fans, definitely. Me personally, I'm, you know, I think I'm a pugilist. I like to think I'm a pugilist of this fighting game, so I like to see technical technicalities, you know, long thought out fights, game, game plans. But if you like KO's, it's a musty.
1: right, Courtney, that was a fantastic episode, uh, episode six, part one. So we'll be back with part two and talk about UFC 237.
0: If you want to know everything about fighting, subscribe to
1: our channel. Okay. Back for episode six, part two. And um, UFC 237 featuring Duncan Rose, Naman Yunus and Jessica Andrade happened on the weekend. But before we get to that, there was also a big boxing match. Um... Jared Hurd against Julian Williams. You you were following this one closely, Courtney.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was a it was quite a big fight, especially in the the boxing world. Um, uh, yeah. Swift, Jared Hurd, and uh, Julian J Rock Williams. So we was we, we was discussing this quite in depth last week. Um, so Junior, uh Jared Hurd. Um, he was IBF champion. He beat some good names. Uh, he beat Tony Harrison who... Tony Harrison is now the WBC uh, light middleweight champion. So he's a good fighter. Um, and he beat uh, Austin Trout, who's fought Canelo, fought other top guys. And then he beat Iri- Irizanli Lara to unify titles. Yeah, so, so Hurd was a... was a favourite yeah, going into this. Big deal, Hurd was. Julian Williams, uh, he had one title fight against Jamal Charlo, who he lost against. Um, so everyone was back in Hurd. I was back in Hurd. Um, I said... Uh, Hurd would win Or he'll get a late stoppage And Julian Williams Would put up a good fight But just I just didn't think He would be there technically and So It turned out A little bit differently Yes it did indeed Um Boy was I wrong Um I knew he could pick up A good fight For maybe the first Four, five, six rounds But then after I just think Uh Uh Jarrett Hurd Would start to walk him down But that was not the case Um He boxed really well He outboxed Jarrett Heard For the majority of the fight Um he knocked down Jarrett Hurd in the second round. Actually, uh, a good left hook uh, to the temple. Um, he just boxed really well. So basically, when you have opposing styles, so uh, Jarrett Hurd is southpaw, um, Julian Williams he's he's orthodox style, right? So when you have a when you have your opposing styles like that, both of your jab hands uh, are coming up against each other. Uh, so but if, if 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 orthodox fighter is fighting an orthodox fighter, then your jab hands are on the opposite side when you're when the South was fighting Orthodox, they're on the same side. So normally what happens is you have this battle of like you hit each other's hands, right? So that was happening a little bit. And what Julian Williams was doing is that, you know, they're trying to, how can I say, get the advantage. And then every time they would do that, he would just do quick jabs to the body. Quick jabs to the body. Yeah. Um that was a good game plan. Um and he actually fought Jared Hurd's Jared Hurd's game. Jared Hurd is an inside fight. Um that's how, he, that's how he knocked down Erich Landy Lara in their fight. Um, and he fought Jared Hurd in the inside. I gave Julian Williams eight rounds. So he, it was a tough fight in certain rounds, but he just outboxed him. I was really
1: surprised. Was there, was there any bad blood between these two fights, or was it all respect? Really, a lot of respect between both of them. Um, Jared Hurd, because Julian
0: Williams is from Philadelphia, right? So Jared Hurd's like, I respect Philly fighters. Um, you've got good style, you're tricky but I'm going to walk you down and take you up. And then Julian Williams said something similar. You know, I've got skills. I'm coming for you. But made the best man win. It was really respectful, but they both had, you know, their own pride as well, so.
1: Yeah, so then going the full distance, uh, 12 rounds and, um, yeah, getting the decision um, in Williams' favour. What did you think about that in general, the judges on this one?
0: Spawn. Um, I scored it. 116 111 to um, Williams. One judge scored it the same, and two judges scored it 115 112. So um, I can understand why two of the judges had an extra round for her, but um, judging was perfect. And just to say as well, this was in uh, Jarrett Hurd's backyard in his hometown. Um, no one really gave Junior Williams a chance, and this has also really put like a spanner in the works now because Tony Harrison is going to fight Jamel Charlo. ...in a rematch, and everyone expects Jamal Charlo to win that. Everyone expected Jarrett Hurd to beat Julian Williams, so then they could unify titles, uh, Jamal Charlo versus Jarrett Hurd. But now, the landscape
1: is totally messed up. So, props to Julian Williams. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I mean, he got the win there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have that much to say about this fight, apart from, you know, from the from what I saw of it, saw the highlights... It looked um, it looked pretty even um, between the two of them. It was a very 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 technical fight, and then yeah, Williams again wasn't fancied at all, and to come up, come up with the win and and you know you could see his face at the end very very emotional for him. So um, yeah, congrats to him. So yeah, are you ready to move on or do you have more to say on this fight? Um, I'll give it a quick score. You know, um,
0: it was a really good fight. I did mention last week that this is going to be a fire fight, and it was that. At times so I think overall an 8.5 for the fight
1: I'll give uh, Julian Williams a nine and Jarrett Hurd a 6.5 very interesting what, what do you think I mean I know you say that um, Williams kind of fought Hurd at his own game on the inside why do you think after all this expectation being a favorite he just didn't quite come up with the performance
0: Um. Technical skill, he has got skills, but I don't think anyone realized that Julian Winnie had as, as much skills as he showed in this fight. Because this is the best I've ever seen in box. I always knew he was a good fighter, he had some skills. He's got that, like the, they call it, like the Philly, it's not, it's almost like the shoulder roll, uh, the Philly shell roll, it's like the remember, shoulder roll, but it's defense that they do. He's quite good at that, but yeah, I just don't, I think he didn't expect. Julie Williams to have the skills he did on the, on the night and it just kind of offsets his, his game plan.
1: Underestimated. And he
0: didn't expect him to fight in the inside as much as well.
1: Yeah, that's the downfall of uh, many a fire to underestimate your opponent. All right, okay. So um, we can move on now then to UFC 237. Uh, quite a few decent fights on this card. Um, headlining it, of course, was uh, the champion Rose Namajunas taking on the girl in her backyard of um, Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, Jessica Andrade. We talked about this one last week, didn't we? And, um, yeah, I said Rose being um, small, skinny, kind of faster, has the technique. She's a champion. She's got some great wins on her record. But um, Jessica Andrade, she has those Brazilian genetics. <laughs> um, yeah, so she has the power she, she, she's got massive thighs, can leverage a lot of power. And, um, yeah, her nickname in Brazil, uh, Jessica Andrade, is the Power Driver. So, yeah, how did this one end?
0: Um, I like to call it like a Mortal Kombat-esque finish. You know, back in the day, um, Fatality. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of a bit like that. So, she basically her into the mat.
1: It looked horrible. It looked horrible to be honest. Um, like, her neck could have been broken, but luckily, Rose was fine. Um, she basically just had her and just picked her up and just slammed her head first or, or even neck first into the ground. Um, and, and that's actually a move that's not legal in a lot of, um, you know, fighting styles. And the fact that it's legal in MMA is debatable, would mm-hmm. you say?
0: Um, I wouldn't call it debatable because I've seen that a lot. So I'll just, I'll just go into a little detail about how Andrade, Andrade did it because Andrade was losing the fight and we'll come into that in a second but in the first round she did the same thing she picked rolls up um and it was almost like um call it like a like a almost like a wrestling toss right you pick them up and you throw them down um and when you when you pick them up normally your where your head is is it's on their stomach right and you' they're almost like on your shoulders and you throw them down daniel Cormier does it a lot um so that's what she done right and Rose held into her arm, well, with a Komora, I think. And when she threw her down, she still had her. So she threw her down, she still had the Komura. She switched it into her arm bar and almost uh, was close to submitting Andrade. So Andrade being a good fighter, um, in the second round, she did the same thing again. But she made a minor change. So She adjusted, than, didn't she? She adjusted. So she knew what she was doing. There's no way she did it by accident. Um... So her head was on her stomach, like it should be in those kind of wrestling tosses. But what she did, she moved her head onto the outside of Rose's body, right? So on her back. And when she threw her down, Rose did the same thing. She tried to, you know, hold on. But because her head was on the outside, she kind of, like, you you can't still hold onto the arm to keep the, the, how can I say? So basically, Andrade had more leverage. So you can't hold on the arm the way she was when she was on the inside. So then when she threw her down, she literally just threw her straight into the uh, canvas. And knocked her out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's rare to see people getting knocked out by, you know, getting kind of spiked into the ground like that. And um, like I said, it did look quite brutal. Um, yeah, for me, this fight is like a bit like a ballet dancer against, a, well, a pile driver, to be honest. So, yeah, but the thing is, Rose, she, she was, you know, she was um, being technical in the early rounds and she actually hurt. Jessica, right? I mean, you know, she was cut, so yeah, I feel um, I feel pretty bad for her. And then after the fight, um, similar to Rory MacDonald the other week, Rose sounded very unsure about her future, saying that she wants to do something else with her her life. I mean, after you lose like that, um, you start to question your your career in the fight game. Yeah,
0: her exact words was, "I'm just happy this." I'm just happy this is a big pressure off my shoulders. I mean, what kind of fight does that? I mean, she both she beat uh, Joanna Jonjic twice, probably the greatest straw rate of all time yeah. thus, thus far in UFC. Um, yeah, these cryptic messages from fights recently, isn't it? Yeah, they're rubbing me the wrong way a little bit, but
1: yeah, because Rose is still pretty young; she's 24. So, to retire at this age. I mean, to be fair, in, the, in female MMA, especially in UFC, there a few female fighters have retired quite before their time. Um, um, you know, the most famous, obviously, being uh, Ronda Rousey. So, yeah, I mean, after, after a loss like this, I can understand. You're in, you're in Brazil. She said she was homesick being in Brazil. Um, you, you lose in such a fashion. Nearly break your neck. Um, yeah, I can't really blame her. But the fight game claims you're another victim then. So, uh, let's give this one some scores before we move on. Um, yeah, I'll let you lead on this one.
0: Just before we give some scores, I mm-hmm. feel kind of bad for, for Rose. I feel like we're shitting her a little bit. I would just mention that in the first round, she was absolutely starching Andre. She caught Andre's eye. And I think Andre got another cut, a smaller cut, in the second round as well before she right her. But... It kind of came out of nowhere because even the second round, andre was losing. Literally, andre was not in this fight apart from those two throws. And the first throw almost got her submitted. She was not in the fight and then out of nowhere, she power her. But yeah, I don't think Rose's career is over, but maybe it is to her. Um, going
1: back to the scoring, I mean, this is a hard one to score really because, I mean... Similar to Lima then, would you say? In the fact that the person that won the fight in the end was losing for most of it.
0: Not really, because even though MPV was won- was winning, Lima's defence was good. I mean, he kept himself in the fight, but he was losing. Andre literally, she kept herself in the fight. I did say last week that Andre would win because eventually she would get to the roles and she, her pressure and her strength will, you know, eventually be too much for roles, which I thought would be in the later rounds, fourth round or something. So what I did say kind of did happen. I was picking Andre, which happened, right? But I've never seen... She outboxed and... Uh, I wouldn't say brutalized, but she did bloody her face better than Joanna did. So, Rose did lose, but... Some people will disagree with this, but I'm going to give Rose... Uh, it's hard. An
1: 8.5. That's that's probably the highest score that we've given to anyone that's been on the losing end of, uh, of the fight.
0: And Andre. I mean, I want to give her a little lower, but because of that beautiful uh, change, you know, she realised the mistake that she did before. She changed it, and that got her to win. Andre will get...
1: What did I give Rose? 8.5. Andre will get an 8. Okay. For the first time ever on Before the bell, the winning fighter gets a lower score than the losing fighter. Alright, on that controversial note, um, other fights on UFC 237. The one that kind of struck out to me was um, Jose Aldo. Again, a, a Brazilian fighting in Brazil against Volkanovski. Now, um, Aldo, we have to show some respect here. He's been fighting since 2004. He's only lost five times. So he's, he's a bona fide legend that's still in the game. But he did lose this fight against... Volkanovski, the Australian, up and coming, and Volkanovski is now in the kind of rare um, pantheon of fighters that have beaten Jose Aldo, and that includes Conor McGregor and um, Max Blessed Era Holloway, two top top fighters. So Volkanovski is surely announcing himself in you know in this division of uh, one four five, and saying, "Listen, I'm here, and I can really do something."
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean. He's undefeated in the UFC with seven wins. His last two wins, big deals. Uh, Chad Mendes, he knocked him out. Uh, and uh, and Chad Mendes had two very, well, yeah, two very close, two quite close fights with Jose Aldo. Lost both of them, but they were close. Um, he was, Chad Mendes, Mendes was also beaten Conor McGregor before. Conor McGregor knocked him out. And he just beat Jose Aldo. Um, he's got, I think, 18 wins and one loss. And that one loss came early on in his career. So... He's not slouch. Um, and um, yeah, and Oda was number one. He had two good wins. And uh, Brian Ortega just lost to Max Holloway. So I think it seems fair for uh, Volkanosti to get a shout. To yeah. Get a shout at the next title shot.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly, if not, um, maybe after one more fight, just to properly announce him on the scene. Um, but again, with Max going up to 155 and, and losing there, yeah, that. That featherweight division is looking quite open at the moment, and yeah, Volkanovski has come out of nowhere. And you know, like I said, to, to get a win in in Brazil, in Rio, people, a lot of fighters, or the the rumor is that fighters don't like from the west, don't like going to Brazil. Um, it's very intimidating. The crowd, uh, very supportive of their mm-hmm. home fight, of um, you know the home fighters. So, had yeah, to go there and get a win. Decent, decent Any other fights on, on, on this card that, that struck out to you?
0: Yeah, we can't We're talking about Jose Odo being a legend um, There was another legend on the card wasn't the greatest ending um, uh, Anderson the Spider-Silver uh, Against uh, Jared uh, um, yeah It was quite an even uh, first round in that fight um, The only thing is that Jared Cannonier, uh He kept hitting inside of uh, Anderson's knee uh, His right knee constantly with leg kicks, constantly, maybe about eight times, and towards the end of the round, um, before, maybe about 30 seconds before the ending of, of the first round, he hit him one more time in that knee, and the knee just gave out, literally gave out, uh, Anderson was on the floor like a dead spider, um, and that's what she wrote, and it was quite even, like, Anderson was doing some good stuff, I mean, throwing some good kicks, kicking with, Jared Cannon with a good body kick, um, but yeah, I mean, his game plan was perfect. And he yeah. he did actually mention it uh, in one of the conferences or one of the interviews before the fights. If, I need, if I'm going to win this fight, I need to keep hitting Anderson with leg kicks.
1: Yeah, Cannonier. Um Very, very, very powerful um, fighter. Those leg kicks, they did the work. And it's a real shame, again, to see another fight where Anderson Silva, he was in the fight, but then he ends up losing... Um, I mean, he's lost a few fights in a row now. And he's on the wrong side of 40. Um, should he really retire after this fight?
0: Um, I don't know. Maybe it's the fan in me. I feel like he's got maybe one or possibly two, two max left in him. Um, but, I mean, if he retires now, there's no shame in him retiring. I mean, considering he's 44 and he's probably going to four or five fight losing streak he should retire but if he had one more um then I, I wouldn't see a problem with it i mean your good friend bj penn <laughs> um another one that should really call it a day i mean bj penn i don't know i think he's on like an 8 or 9 fight he hasn't won since 2012 i think
1: yeah it's been a, i think it's 2010 maybe yeah something like that it's been a long long time so and he's still fighting long long after he should retire so Maybe
0: Anderson can do the same, um, but yeah, I mean,
1: do you think it's the money or I mean, from listening to Anderson Silva, it seems like his whole fight, his whole life is fighting, and he's just it's just something that he loves to do. But you know, BJ Penn, um, all these fighters from the old school, and and they keep coming back, and the UFC keeps booking him because these are names. Anderson Silva is still a top draw, you know, when he fought in London. You know, it, it would be an honor to get a ticket to go and watch Anderson Silva fight, even at this age. So mm. he is still a draw, but you know, so many losing um, kind of streaks now. Um, something something's got to change. For sure. Is there anything else that um, jumps out to you from UFC two three
0: seven? Just to mention, Volkanovski won on all judges' cards thirty twenty seven. So I mean, he looked very impressive, very fast. Uh, older, couldn't really time him, and because. He was very fast and quite strong, although, yeah, he just didn't know what to do. Um, and one other uh, funny mention: uh, Jose Aldo owns his uh, own burger chain in Brazil, um, quite a few different chains in different places in, in Brazil. And he bought a bunch of burgers to, um, to the fight, and he gave it to all of the UFC staff and Cormier and I uh, think and. Uh, and the people, you know, just the whole Yoshi stuff, but, but, but a bunch of burgers I thought it was quite funny.
1: Did it go down well? Was it tasty? Uh
0: Cormier was uh bigging up the burgers. Alright. There's actually a video of Courmie going rubbing his
1: stomach and looking at the burgers. So There we go, there we go. Alright, I think that will be the end of part two. Um when we come back we can we can go with some previews for what's happening next weekend. We've got Billy Joe Saunders and Courtney's a big fan. Of Billy Joe. And also Deontay Wilder. Um, the knockout, the knockout king, he's fighting next weekend as well. And then there's a UFC fight as well next weekend, and then some other quick mentions. So, back after this, you've been listening
0: to Before the Bell podcast.
1: Okay, we are back with part three, and in this part, we'll talk about what's happening next weekend. So, Britain's own boxing phenomenon uh, <laughs> uh he's had a few controversies should we say um but is undefeated after 24 uh, 27 fights billy joe saunders is fighting next weekend on saturday against Shefat isufi so yeah you're a big fan of billy joe and yeah i can let you um say your piece on this one
0: what can i say about billy joe saunders he has a lot of haters and his haters like to call him B.J. Saunders for clear reasons, um, but yeah, he's—I don't know what to start. He, for me, he is literally like a middleweight or super middleweight version of Floyd Mayweather. I mean, that is really high praise. I mean, I think he's the only person that can be Canelo right now. Uh, he's just a special fighter, man. I mean, and he's got the thing is he has got power, but because he's so good at boxing and hitting and not being hit. Um, you know, he just cruises and, you know, might step back and hit you with a few shots. Um, but he actually has got power in both his hands as well. If he wants to uh, put his foot down and step on the gas, he can get. He can also get guys out of there.
1: Okay, so just quickly, he, he's in the same division as Triple G, um, you know, Gennady Golovkin, Canelo Alvarez, um, who just fought Jacobs recently. So he's got the potential to, to really make that's a really nice division to, to be involved in. He's got the potential to really make a name for himself, but I feel like he signed with Frank Warren. Um, will boxing politics prevent a big, a really big fight for Billy Joe?
0: Um, With Canelo, it will, because Canelo's never going to fight him. Golden Boy will never let Canelo fight Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, twice, it was very close that he was going to fight Golovkin in the UK. Just little things happened. I think one of the times, Billy Joe Saunders... You know, one of his controversies that he gets up to got in the way. In the second time, not sure what happened, but it didn't go through. So he was very close to fighting Canelo. Um, so I mean, and I think with the Canelo being on the zone and the zone having match room and Golden Boy, this that's not going to happen. Um, it could happen, but I don't think they're going to pay Billy Joe hefty enough for him to go in there. But Billy Joe has actually moved up to Susan Midway for this fight. So uh, he's fighting for the vacant WBO super middleweight title against Ishfaq Isufi. Uh, this guy's on hasn't lost in eight years. I think he's got about eight to ten wins in eight years, and majority of them are knockouts. So the guy's got some power, but
1: yeah, twenty-seven uh, wins, twenty knockouts. That's a good ratio.
0: No, I'm talking about his opponent now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Twenty? Is that what he's got?
1: Isufi, yeah, twenty-seven yeah. wins and twenty knockouts.
0: Okay, there we go. Um, so. It's gonna be a good fight, but Billy Joel's gonna be in. I think he's gonna to wanna to make a statement as well. So Billy Joel can now can he can go between the two weights. One sixty, let's go let's call it uh Canelo's division and a one sixty eight. And what's in sixty eight? You've got a uh, big UK showdown with Chris Eubank Jr. Um you got who else you got one sixty eight? But he's already he's already fought Eubank, right? He has already fought him. Um but the rematch it will make a lot of money. Um, and Callum Smith is the basically the undisputed champion, the Ring Magazine champion, WBA champion at one six eight. So that could also be another big British showdown, and he'll be the WBO champion if he well when he beats Ishvad Sufi. Um,
1: so yeah, so then this fight, then is this? I mean, I'm not going to say it's a, it's, uh, it's not a tune-up fight because as we've just said, mm-hmm. Sufi is no bum, um, but he has to get past this guy before. For me, a really big showdown happens, um, and he gets a, a big name, either British or otherwise.
0: For sure, basically, he couldn't get a big fight at one hundred and sixty. WBO, uh, obviously, he had that drug situation, so they stripped him of his title at one hundred and sixty. So no one beat him for the title. They said, "Listen, you was the champion. WBO, WBO has a rule where If you're a champion in one division and you move up, you can instantly challenge the champion." They yes, they did strip him of his title, but they they feel like. They were unfair to strip him. So they said, if you go up to 168, we'll give you a title shot. So he's taken that to be a two-way world champion.
1: Yeah, just us just quickly talk on that. I know it's controversial, but he got stripped of his title because of um, some some kind of doping offence, but it wasn't clear-cut. Some agencies found him guilty and some didn't. Can you explain? So uh, UCAD, the, uh, the UT, UK Anti-Doping Association,
0: um, they said... What you took was, fi- was fine. So basically, all the associations, associations what they have is uh, in-camp and out-of-camp. Um, so, um, maybe it's not in-camp and out-of-camp, but basically, in-fight and out-of-fight. So for UCAD, in-fight means on the day of the fight. Um, and for... You've got two bodies in America. You've got... I forget their names now. But you've got USADA, and you've got another um, doping agency. So... The other doping agency in America said, "Yeah, it's fine. Um, in fight mean, means the day of the fight." But USADA said, "Yeah, um, in in fight means when you start your training camp, right?" So he got pulled up for this drug that supposedly came from a nasal spray, um, and UK said it's fine, and the other big doping agency in America said it's fine, but USADA said it's not fine, and USADA was uh, in that state. In that state where the fight was happening, you yeah. saw there was governing the fights, right? So the fight couldn't take place. Yeah. So um but the other anti doping agency in America and UK was fighting his position saying you should let this go through, but it didn't Yeah, happen. it's
1: it's strange that um different anti doping agencies are actually not in agreement. Um so yeah, bad luck to Billy Joe on that one. Um but yeah, for me I feel like, you know, he could be a big star, but Boxing politics, um, this, th- this is what can be frustrating about boxing compared to MMA. It feels like in MMA, big names end up fighting each other um, in boxing. It can be a little bit more long-winded. All right, so this fight, yeah, next weekend. Do, do you have anything else to say in particular about um, him or his opponent regarding this fight?
0: Um, I think you're going to see a boxing masterclass. If any of you saw the sort of fight between Billy Joel Saunders and um, David Lemieux... Um, you're in for one of those again. it's going to be people I feel like people are going to be saying Mayweather-esque Re- May things about Billy shoulders after this fight Um, and there's big a big praise just a quick mention on this card Joel Joyce is fighting on this card as well uh, big British heavyweight so that's another good fight on the card to look forward to
1: alright and then sticking with boxing the other big fight happening next weekend and um, Deontay Wilder who obviously um had a had that um, huge event last last year with Tyson Fury, uh, which ended it in a draw. Deontay Wilder's got 40 wins, no losses, one draw, and he has 39 KOs. So <laughs> it's quite easy to predict a knockout victory for Deontay Wilder over Dominic Brazil, would you say?
0: Um. Yes. I mean, uh, I think, I wouldn't say... Brazil's overrated because most people know that he's not that great. But obviously, they're pushing him for this promotion. But I'm going to go with... He's going to get knocked out within five rounds. He yeah, could, He could even get knocked out in the first. Um, he's slow. His punches are slow. Um, his jab isn't that great. He has got power, though. And he has got a hell of a lot of heart. Um, and his sole loss was against Annie Joshua. And he didn't get killed until the seventh round. And he probably should have stopped fighting at the fourth round, but he just, you know, didn't
1: want to give up. But, yeah, I mean, Deontay Wilder fights angry anyway, and he's going to be even angrier in this fight because there's a strange situation, strange bad blood happening with these two fighters where there's death threats and, you know, family members getting involved. Could you shed a bit of light on what's happening between these two? So, long story short, I think it was uh, around the time of the
0: Wilder versus Fury fight. Um, they met in the lobby for some reason. So it was Dominic Brazil, uh, his two kids, and his wife, and Deontay Wilder's brother, or maybe his cousin. Um, and there was some sort of out- argument or creation. Deontay Wilder wasn't there straight away, but he turned up after maybe four minutes once it started, and then he started getting, like, you know, aggressive. So basically, both parties were really aggressive. Uh, Brazil says he was trying to. Um, keep it calm but there is actually a video on YouTube so listeners if you want to see it you can have a watch Um, but Brazil said I'm with my wife and kids you know he was really angry what's going on here and then it's getting uh, too personal isn't it and uh, Wilder said Brazil does something I can't really be sure what he done but he said you can't disrespect like that and then since then it's just been a really big animosity between both parties
1: yeah the the Press conferences have been very, very, very weird. Um okay, so yeah. Expect expect fireworks in that fight. Bad blood plus the both of these guys are um known for knockouts. Dominic Brazil's got twenty wins with eighteen KOs. And of course Deontay Wilder is Deontay Wilder, known as the bronze bomber. Um so yeah, unless you got anything else to say on that one.
0: Just another mention, there is a a world title fight. Gary Russell Jr. versus Kiko Martinez for the WBC featherweight title. Um, If you know boxing, then you should know, you know, Gary Russell Jr. Fastest hands in boxing, hands down. I mean, incredible speed. One sole loss against Lomachenko. um, But that's that's for another time. And there's no, uh, you know, there really is no loss in losing to Lomachenko. No, um, no, he's um, arguably the, the best pound, pound for pound right now um, So yeah, Gary Russell Jr. should win Probably a knockout But one funny thing about this card is that He has two brothers um, There's probably there's five fighters in the, uh, the Russell fighting family um, So you've got Gary Russell Jr. who's at uh, the spearhead of the family And then you've got his two brothers who are also fighting on the card And they're both of their names are Gary as well So you've got Gary Antoine Russell and uh, Gary Antonio Russell. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just, uh, a bit of general logic. It's quite funny. So, everyone's called Gary. Every,
1: every male in that family is called Gary.
0: So, yeah, I feel like their father probably has quite a big
1: ego. And not much imagination, I'd say. All right, all right. Um, yeah, so the other preview then, the other main preview we can just quickly get into uh, is the MMA event happening next weekend um, at 170 pounds. Kevin Lee against Rafael dos Anjos. I feel like these two fighters um, are trying. They're really trying to kickstart their championship run again. They clearly want to be in title contention, and I feel like this is a fight to kind of decide who's going to be next in line to have the prospect of a title contention. Uh,
0: I couldn't explain anything any better than that. Really, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I'm going to go with Kevin Lee. I think the Sanyos is on the on the slide. He'll put up a good fight, but um, I'm going to go Kevin Lee.
1: Yeah, I think. Um, go ahead. I, I I expect Kevin Lee to, to to bounce back after the loss to Quinter I think he'll make the adjustments, and I you know I just see a determination in him. I think Kevin Lee, you know, he's a bit of an arrogant. You know, he's uh, known as the Motown phenom. He's that kind of brash American from Detroit. He really wants to make a name for himself. I can, I, I can see it. I can feel it, and I think he'll do what it takes to, to um to, to get over, Dos Años. Anything else?
0: Um yeah, just uh, there's a few cards that's week on boxing. Um, so just Taylor, a highly tied British fighter, already some big wings on his uh record. Is headlining in Scotland, Hydro arena He's facing um Ivan Baranchuk for the IBF title. And also on that card uh Inoue Inouye, um, versus uh Emmanuel Rodriguez for the IBF banterweight title. And both of these fights are of the world's boxing super series. So whoever wins those fights will go into the final in their various weight classes. And just some mentions, uh you have uh, James Tennyson who is headlining a card in Belfast on Saturday. He's quite a big name in Irish boxing. And there's also a car card on the Friday, Ryan Burnett and Marco McCulloch are also headlining their card in Belfast as well. So uh, just a few mentions for big Irish boxing fans.
1: All right. And yeah, other quick mentions. There's a lot happening. Um, Nate Diaz is making a comeback. Nate Diaz, known now forever as the guy that had two epic fights against Conor McGregor, getting one win and then he lost the other one, didn't he? Um, yeah. He's fighting... what well, I can let you call this one.
0: He is fighting... Um, who is he fighting again? I'm trying to remember. He's fighting on the on the card of uh, Cormier versus Mjolcic 2, which is on August 17th, I believe. Um, so there's another mention as well. Cormier is back, and he's going to headline his old card. And we have uh, Nate Diaz versus...
1: Right, scrolling, mad scrolling, mad scrolling. Um, but yeah, just just. Um, Nate Diaz versus Anthony Pettis at welterweight. Showtime Pettis, Showtime Pettis. Yeah, just I just feel like that's um we haven't heard from Nate Diaz in a while, and he's one of the few men alive that have defeated McGregor. So, I think he's a he's a big name out there. All right, anything else that you want to mention before we call it a day?
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot going there's a lot uh, going on uh, in the coming months. So just a min- min- big mention to uh, Harold Lederman. The Hall of Fame boxing judge passed away this week. Um, I think there was a moment of silence at the Jarrett Hurd fight as well for him, which was quite a scene. Uh Manny Pacquiao versus Keith Furman have been officially announced for ju- July 20th on Fox Pay-Per-View. We also got Caleb Plant versus Mike Lee, also officially announced for July 20th. Uh, will be th- Those fights will be in different cities, but on the same uh, television broadcast. Jamel Charlo versus Tony Harrison. The official rematch has been uh, announced for June 21st in Las Vegas. Um, and one big mention, we can't go without mentioning this, is Donald Cerrone. He fought last week. He fought and beat the Al Al-Aquinta. Um And basically, there's a, a card with uh, Marlon Marais versus Henry Cejudo for the bantamweight title. And also Valentina Shevchenko was on that card uh, defending her Flyweight title against uh, Jessica I. And UFC, they said they don't have any big names So they had, a, they had a meeting with Tony Ferguson And on that card, it'll be Tony Ferguson Versus Donald Cerrone So after
1: just fighting a week ago He's going to fight in four or five weeks' time? In four weeks So there'll be four weeks in between when he fought And that was a full five-round fight And it went to full distance So yeah. that is quite, quite epic really for um, Cowboy I mean we, we've already said Cowboy loves to fight He. I mean you said you said before that he's fought eight times in one year at a certain yeah, point it was 14
0: months eight times in 14 months
1: crazy crazy alright um, so yeah looking forward to talking about those fights in more detail as they happen um, but yeah once again Courtney I want to thank you for being the voice of reason when it comes to the fight game and yeah I'll be back next week to talk about um, how Deontay Wilder KOs or doesn't KO Dominic Brazil He'll probably KO Dominic Brazil And then Yeah The hometown The hometown Favourite Billy Joe Saunders Fighting in, in um, Where's he fighting Milton Keynes Ipswich Stevenage Stevenage yeah. Football yeah. Stadium That's it i will be back to talk about How that fight turns out as well And obviously Bring you the rest Happening in the world Of fight news So Courtney Anything else to add Before we call it
0: Guys As always Like comment subscribe share um support the course and we'll see you
1: next week see you next week you've been listening to
0: before the bell podcast tune in next week for more about the world of mixed martial arts